Greetings and welcome to Union Street Hoops, a podcast dedicated to Valparaiso basketball and the Missouri Valley Conference. I'm your host, Paul Oren, otherwise known as NWI Oren on Twitter, and you can find Union Street Hoops on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Pods, and NWI.com. You can go to NWI.com and you can check out this latest series of stories we're doing called My Favorite Games, where I'm counting down the 10 favorite games that I covered this past season, and at least three of them, I believe, are Valpo basketball games, featuring none other than Javon Freeman Liberty. The news has come out that Javon Freeman Liberty is transferring away from Valpo. No, this is not March of 2019. This is April of 2020. And this is very much a reality. Let me walk you through the background of this, then I'll take you into the foreground of this, and then we'll end the podcast today with a couple of special guests, because they're all special. Today, we've got former Valparaiso basketball player and former Michigan State player, Brandon Wood. And we also have former Valpo basketball player and former Iowa basketball player, Bakari Evelyn, on the podcast. Both are going to join. I asked them both earlier today to join me because... They have both played at Valpo, and they have both transferred up. Matter of fact, you know, they they transferred down first. Um, Depending on the way you look at Brandon Wood's situation, he went from Southern Illinois to a JUCO to Valpo, then to Michigan State. And then Bakari started at Nebraska, came to Valpo, then went to Iowa. I thought it would be interesting to hear from both of those guys, as they both uh, have have certainly transferred a couple of times. Um, Knew about this. I knew about this last week Friday. Uh, at least I knew parts of it. Um, had heard some rumblings uh, that this was perhaps in the works. It, at the very least, that there was a possibility that Brandon, excuse me, that Javon might be staying in the draft. Matter of fact, I'd, I'd, I'd heard a rumor about that and reached out to Javon. And uh, the way that Javon and I have always communicated has been over direct message on Twitter. And, uh, you know, we, we both use Twitter quite a bit. And so I sent him a message and said, hey, I'm hearing some rumblings. Are you going to make an announcement, you know, tonight? Or, and, you know, I was watching the NFL draft. And and um, and he said, about what? And I said, you know, staying in the draft. And he said he hadn't made up his mind yet. And, uh, and then, you know, he asked me if I'd heard that he was staying in the draft. I just said, hey, I, you know, random person reached out to me and told me, and uh, I actually wasn't even clear where I was getting the intel from at the beginning. And so, I mean, I checked it not only with Javon, but a couple other sources as well, and started to to hear some rumblings behind the scenes that maybe this was happening. And um, it was unclear whether or not he was staying in the draft or he was, in fact, uh, entering the transfer portal. Uh, what, What was made clear to me at one point was that he probably wasn't coming back. And so I thought that was, uh, you know, it's interesting. We'll get into that in a second here. And then, you know, um, Monday I made some calls around the college basketball landscape and and tried to get access to the transfer portal, which I don't have access to, and uh, and, and finally got someone I could trust who helped me out a little bit and, and said that, yes, his name was in fact in the transfer portal because of the fact that his name had been in it last year. And that's apparently how the transfer portal works. If you've ever gone in the transfer portal, you stay in there. You just have a notation by your name, withdrew. And so his name was in the transfer portal, but it said that he had withdrawn last year. So, okay, that was a dead end. Um, Wasn't getting anything from Javon. Wasn't getting anything from people at Valpo, obviously. And um, and just kind of wait and see, wait and see. And uh, I did what you do in, in 2020, and I... I set alerts on my phone for every time Javon tweeted or put something on Instagram. It would it would do a mobile notification and let me know, um, you know, in case he made an announcement on Twitter. I also did this with Ryan Fazekas a couple of years ago when when he was looking to transfer and when he picked Valpo and and I found out because it alerted me right away. I was in the middle of a of a ping pong game when I got the message about Ryan Fazekas, and so I I, I lost the point, uh, dropped the paddle, and. Um, you know, I think he owes me one for that. So uh, this morning, early Tuesday morning, Jeff Goodman, my guy, Goodman Hoops, gets it. Um, and I guess I got to give him props for that. Uh, it's irritating. It's irritating when you know what's happening and 
people won't confirm it, but I also understand that Javon didn't know me anything, right? Like he's he's a national player. He's you know he's going to get some national buzz. You know you got you got some top analysts out there saying he's at the top of the transfer board now, and um, and so <laughs> you know it's like how did Jeff Goodman beat you? Um, well. Jeff Goodman's got a larger microphone than I have. It's uh, it's frustrating, but it is what it is. Um, I knew it before Jeff Goodman. Jeff Goodman confirmed it before I did, and I guess that means I'm a bad reporter. Uh, we'll get better, you know. We'll we'll get better. Kudos to to Jeff Goodman. It's my guy. Got to go to work. Um, Goodman and I actually been going back and forth on Twitter uh, direct messages of late. Um, he he spelled John Steinbrecher's name wrong, his last name wrong, and I I politely sent him a message and corrected him, and, and he and I went back and forth a little bit, probably clued him in to look at Valpo. I, you know, he's Valpo on his mind because the Valpo reporter is in his DMs correcting him on how to spell Bill Steinbrecher's son's last name. John Steinbrecher ostensibly here uh, uh, is um, uh, in the news because of the fact that he is on the transfer committee and uh, helping to figure out whether or not transfers are going to get one-time um, – going to get one-time waivers at this point. So, and that's something that, you know, we're looking at in the Javon situation here. Uh, so Javon on Twitter, you know, so you know, this morning, the Goodman news comes out. I sent him Javon a message and said, Hey, can you confirm this? And he said, yes. Okay. we got confirmation. And then I said, can I call you? And he said, uh, I said, can we talk on the phone? He said, I'll call you in a minute. I'll try and give you a call in a minute, he said. Um, and, you know, the second this news goes out there, every coach in the country, if, if they've got an open scholarship and a brain, are reaching out to Javon. So, you know, I was, wasn't very confident that I was going to hear from, from him at any point. Um, so I was about 9, 10 in the morning, central time. At 11.27, Javon tweets, to this day, I've never had to make a decision this impactful in my life. I love Valpo. They've been a huge part of making me the man I am today. I am becoming today. I have some things going on that require me to home close to my grandmother. Please respect me and my family privacy. Well, that's, you know, obviously now we're looking at a situation where there could be some health issues involved. And obviously, you, you know, you don't, you hope that that's okay, whatever is going on with his grandmother. Um, and, and, you know, so that's tough. Obviously, it sounds like then that that going to a school in Chicago would make the most sense. I, I don't know where Javon's grandmother lives, but um, to me, then that would really have five schools that would be a possibility. Uh, that would be Northwestern, which it's been rumored that he was looking at Northwestern last year. I don't know any of the, the details there. Um, Chicago State there. I, Javon is not transferring to Chicago State. That would be the brink of insanity. Uh, UIC and Loyola. You know, Loyola, I, I imagine Valpo could have a, some say as to where Javon would be able to, to transfer. Certainly when David Scarra was trying to transfer, they, they blocked some schools. Um, to that end, UIC is another one that um, Valpo is going to play UIC next year. Contract, I think, is signed, sealed, and delivered. So if that's the case, I would imagine that that UIC is out. So then DePaul is out there as one. DePaul has reached out to him. A couple other schools have reached out as well. I know Jeff Borzello tweeted out that Oregon, Arkansas, Marquette, BYU, and DePaul have all uh, – you know, he said that Freeman Liberty tells ESPN that all of those schools have reached out to him. Freeman Liberty then retweeted that, so I imagine that's probably correct. Um, you know, it's uh, it's an interesting, interesting spot here uh, with Freeman Liberty. Um, you know, I, I'm still kind of going through my thought process on a lot of this. He said he was coming back, right? Um I asked him after the Arch Madness finale against Bradley, I asked him essentially, um, are you thinking of, of, you know, I was talking about you building something here at Valpo. Uh, what do you think about that? And Javon's a smart kid. He knew exactly what I was asking. And he his response was, if your question is, am I staying? Yeah, I am. 
I just feel like after this game, we're going to just keep building and building. We're a young group of guys, and it's a long time before we actually all split up. So like I said, we're going to keep building on it. That was on March 8th. Everybody scattered shortly thereafter because of COVID-19. April 1st, he declares for the draft. No surprise there. Probably would have happened regardless. But here's what didn't happen, and here's where I think Valpo lost Javon Freeman Liberty. And maybe I'm being naive here. Maybe he was always going to leave. But Javon has been home for the last, you know, I think he's been bouncing back and forth between Valpo and, and Chicago. But from what I've been seeing on social media play out, he's been home most of the time away from Daniel Sackey away from Donovan Clay, away from Malik McMillan, away from Ben Crickey, away from these guys that that he just went on this run with, right? And I think if the team is back and you're back in the gym, maybe you go on a CIT run, whatever that is, and, and, and you win some games there, you 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 win something, you know, and now you're now you're building toward coming back to the, you know, let's go, let's do it. Let's run it back in the Valley, right? Had a good conference, good conference tournament, didn't have a great conference season, right? Let's run it back. You've got a good schedule set in place. You're going to, you know, go play Vanderbilt next year. You're going to go, um, they got a couple different other things that I've heard. I, I don't know all the details. Um, you're going to be able to play a game at home in Chicago against UIC. I think they're playing at UIC to start. Um, obviously you got the Loyola game there. Fine. Um, let's run it back. Let's do it. And then you're in the gym, you're working out with the guys, you're around the guys all the time. And you remember why you're bought in to this particular unit of players, right? As he said, we're a young group of guys and it's a long time before we actually all split up. But then because of COVID-19, they all had to go their separate ways. They all split up, right? Now, look, some of these guys might have gone on spring break, separated, you know, vanished, all of that. But again, they have not been there to reinforce and, and lift each other up. Sure, there's Zoom calls and text messages and all of that. But, you know, people fall off a little bit. And you're back home. And maybe you're back home with some friends from back home who say, hey, let's let's get after it at DePaul. Or maybe you're 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 talking to your uncle who played at Illinois, and 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 you think maybe maybe I can follow in your footsteps and go play in the Big Ten. And he can look, he can. There's no question that Javon Freeman Liberty could go play at damn near any school in the country. No question. He's a great player, excellent, excellent player. Is every any school in the country going to give him the same leeway in the same opportunity that he had at Valpo? I, who's to say? You know, I, I, you talk, I, I say this to Bakari in a question later on. I say, you know, big fish, small pond, small fish, big pond. I don't know what size fish Javon is of the big pond. He's a decent sized fish, but when he's at Valpo, he's the big fish in the small pond. He's the best player on the team. And, and he's got a lot of talent around him and, ta- and talent that's going to grow with him. And now it's not going to happen. And that's, that's too bad. For Valpo, it's too bad for the fans who have been yearning for something to be excited about with this program. And I don't think you can put this one on Loddick. I, I just, I don't think you can. Loddick had a quote um, that, that he said when he said, this comes as a surprise. Javon was really good in his two years here. We wish him nothing but the best and hope that he finds what he's looking for. So Javon's done this dance before, last year. Javon, you know, when everybody was jumping off the ship, right? Smits goes... Bakari goes, and later on that day, Javon went, and then Marcus followed, and Micah followed, and and then Jay Soroya followed after that, right? And Javon came back, but you get to play that card one time, right? You you get to play that once. I said this about Bryce Drew when Bryce was interviewing for jobs all the time, and you know he 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 was I thought he was close to taking the Mississippi State job. And then there was, I think, uh, uh, Tulsa was maybe another one that that he was looking at. I think by year three of that dance, it was like, wait a minute, come on. Either you're going or you're staying, you know? And 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 I imagine at some point, Matt Loddick's just got to be like, look, I, you know, I love you. I think you're great. And every time we talked to Loddick about this NBA thing, you know, he would often say, there is nobody out there who's a bigger fan of Javon's game than I am. 
And he would be clear to say that. And the way that he designed the team and ran it and everything, yes, absolutely. Javon was out there. I mean, you know, he was your best player. That game against Loyola in the conference tournament, he did not play well. And and he and they had him out there for like the entire game, right? Because you got to let him play through that because you don't maybe have another Javon on the team. You go through a game like that at Illinois, you probably have another guy on the team. Maybe. I, you know, again, I'm, I'm, I'm not a coach. But so Javon the second time says, I'm thinking about going. I think if you're Lodic, you just got to wash your hands of this and just say, hey, loved having you here. I want guys that want to be here. And, and support Javon in whatever decision he wants to make going forward. As Lodic said, we wish him nothing but the best and hope that he finds what he's looking for. Now, and, you know, I'm seeing a lot of reaction from on social media today. I'm seeing a lot of people who are upset by this. They think that Javon is going back on his word. And look, yeah, you know, the quote that he gave after the, I mean, heat of the moment, he still said it. I, I, I walked him, I walked him to the answer, but he's the one who gave the answer. Um, you know, it's, I understand the frustration there. I also understand from Javon's point of view, the guy has done a lot at this level. Why shouldn't he be able to go play it? If, if, if Illinois will take him, if DePaul will take him, who's to say he shouldn't go? You're a city kid. You're from Illinois. Your uncle played at Illinois. Maybe that's a great place to go. Maybe DePaul is the place to go. Maybe Northwestern with the guy that recruited you in the first place, Emmanuel Dildy, is the place to go. You know, I know that Javon sadly lost a, a dear friend, uh, a big, big uh, Steve, a big influencer in Mean Streets, big guy uh, in, in Chicago hoop scene, lost him to the coronavirus. I know that that weighed heavily on Javon. I mean, he was you know, stuff that he was putting out on social media. And, and Javon wasn't the only one. If you were a player in Chicago, uh, if you were involved in the Chicago hoop scene, it was a tough, tough loss earlier this month. Maybe being close to home is exactly what he wants, right? Now, I'm seeing, I'm, I, you know, I saw one tweet from, you know, Javon supporters uh, talking about, uh, you know, we're going to let the ball do the talking. Like, so talking about, Talking about they're hating on on Javon. I think the tweet might have said they're hating on Jesus, which I I don't understand that. I don't know that anyone's hating on Javon. Like, is somebody hating on him? I think Valpo fans are bummed and maybe pissed because they wanted who they imagine to be the best player on the team back. I don't think there's any hating going on. Um, maybe I'm wrong. I don't. You know, I don't think there's any. No, no one's saying he can't go. Right. Um, I thought Chris Sparks had some good tweets, former Valpo basketball player and then assistant coach, now Loyola Radio, kind of talking about how um, the first time that Javon said that he wanted to go somewhere, you run a risk by bringing him back. And, uh, you know, Valpo can't allow themselves to become a breeding ground for these other programs. That's maybe just the reality of it now. I I think good points by Chris Sparks. I do agree. But I do think it's tough. I, I I don't know what to say, especially if the NCAA goes ahead and says that you can transfer without sitting out. Now, again, Javon tweeting about, uh, you have no idea what's going on with this family. Obviously, it's a terrible situation if his grandmother is ill or, or, or whatever the situation might be. Um, you know, if he's moving back close to home, I mean, he's going to get a, a family waiver right there. And if the NCAA passes this thing, I think they might be voting May 20th. There's everybody a chance that that he could go somewhere out, you know. I mean, could he go play at Oregon? Yeah, sure, absolutely. No, could he play at Marquette? Absolutely, right. I mean, he's a very, very talented basketball player. Again, Jeff Goodman had this thing, you know, talking about this uh, uh, study that came out a couple weeks ago, talking about um, guys that averaged double figures at mid majors when they went to their new school, their numbers dropped considerably. They took 50 players that over the last two years at mid-majors, um, either the last year if they were immediately eligible or the year before if they had the city year, they averaged a total 11.8 points per game. 
an average of those 50 players was 11.8 points per game while starting 23 times and taking nine shots a game. At the new school, they played seven less minutes a game. They averaged 6.3 points a game. They started only 13 times, and they took almost four less shots a game. Now, I mean, Javon is going to have all the numbers that he wants if he comes back to Valpo, right? I mean, Javon Freeman Liberty played 1,100 minutes this year. Donovan Clay played 1,000 minutes. The next highest on the team was Saki at 867, Kaiser at 843. The fifth highest was Aaron Gordon at 623, right? So if we're looking at, let me, let me make sure I got this right here. If we're looking at Javon's minutes, he played 400 77 minutes or something like that, 476 minutes more than another starter on the team or more than the fifth highest. You know, we're talking about that. So minutes is not a thing, right? So that's that's fascinating to me. Um, he took 521 shots. The next highest on the team was Donovan Clay at 292. Took 178 three-pointers. Next highest was Donovan Clay at 112. He took 164 free throws, which is 99 more than the second on the team, which was Daniel Sackey. He had 200 rebounds, which is 38 more than the second highest on the team, Donovan Clay. He had 106 assists. The only guy who had more was Daniel Sackey at 15 more assists. He had 74 steals, which is double what anybody else had on the team. John Kaiser at 37, second on the team. And Freeman Liberty scored 628 points. Next highest was Clay at 329. That's 299 more points. The numbers are not the story here, right? There's no way that you could look at this situation and think to myself or think he's transferring because of playing time or minutes or shots or anything like that, right? Now, do are do they think the numbers are going to be? Maybe it's not about the numbers. And again, I asked both Brandon Wood and Bakari Evelyn about this later on in the podcast. Is it about the numbers? Maybe it's not. Right. So, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop it at that. You know, we're gonna I'll look ahead uh, how Valpo recovers from this the next podcast. Um, hope to. Hope to maybe talk to some of the players, maybe see what they're do- what they're thinking, how they're doing, and uh, and kind of what what the the rallying cry is going forward. There, I still think Valpo's got a good team. I obviously I think they were impacted a lot by this today. It's going to be tough, right? It's going to be tough. So I want to change it over now to uh, Brandon Wood and Bakari Evelyn. I'm gonna just play their interviews back to back. I think you'll understand why I've asked both of them to come on. We'll end with Bakari because Bakari's got some interesting things to say about the uh, 2018-19 season. Um, I asked him why it didn't work. I don't think he heard my question right away, and and uh, then you'll hear the answer for that. So uh, they both talk about Siobhan. Uh, both these interviews were conducted after the news came out. So um, we'll see what happens. Thanks for listening, everybody. Stay healthy. Here is Brandon Wood and Bakari Evelyn. Thrilled to be joined right now by former Valparaiso player graduate, I want to add, Brandon Wood, also played at Michigan State. Brandon, you're in Argentina right now. How are you holding up with COVID-19 right now? Uh, I'm doing good. Uh, just like we just staying healthy, you know, like we were just talking about staying healthy, keeping my body strong, keeping my mind sharp, and uh, just looking forward to get home to my family here soon. So I wanted to have you, I, I, what I've always appreciated about you, Brandon, is, is you transferred away from Valpo, but Valpo's always been close to you. You come back. Um, and as soon as the news about Javon hit this morning, uh, transferring, I thought I got, I want to talk to someone who's been in this position. I shot you a, t- a quick message and immediately you're like, absolutely, let's go. And, uh, yeah. So three years ago, I had you on the podcast. I can't believe it's been that long. And we talked in detail in episode 32, repping your number, episode 32, about about the experience of transferring. And I wanted to circle back on a, on a couple things now. Um, you, you, you put in two years at Valpo. 
you had a chance if you had to come back to been preseason player of the year, all of that stuff. And in that podcast, you talked about how you you envisioned more and you wanted to challenge yourself. Kind of, you've been a few years removed from all of this right now. What advice maybe would you give junior year Brandon Wood as you're going into making that decision? Uh, really, I mean, I wouldn't change the decision at all. So, I mean... Uh, going into that decision, uh, if I could give the young man some advice moving forward, uh, it would be just to come in looking to learn. That was the, the thing that I tried to do is just try to learn uh, not only just the system basketball-wise and getting to know new people, but just learn, uh, take that whole year and learn the, the family culture of that program, you know, and really become invested into the program, not only basketball-wise, <laughs> but just, you know, just getting familiar with the, the history, you know, and uh, and just basketball-wise, I would suggest, you know, just to come in with an open mind. You know, I'm sure his role may be a little different moving forward, but what helped me was just, you know, coming in with an open mind and uh, just knowing when I could pick my spots within the system to be aggressive, you know, just little stuff like that to where, you know, you can work your way in and play your game, but at the same time, uh, I'm sure he, what he'll experience, you know, it's you know, it's a higher level, so it's, you know, it's a much more strict system. Uh, and it'll be just, you know, much more detail-oriented and, you know, it really just comes down to your focus. When you transferred from Valpo, I think your your second year at Valpo, you averaged 16.5 points a game, I think 4.5 rebounds a game, all of that. Mm-hmm. When you th- – there there's been a lot of talk lately. Um, this is before Javon transferred, but a lot of talk of all of these mid-major guys recently who transferred in the past year – who are averaging 15-plus at other schools, and they would go to new schools and not do that. We had one close to home here at Purdue. Jihad Proctor was a, a prolific scorer, I think, and uh, he transferred to Purdue and, and saw his numbers drop considerably. It's not a rarity to see that. When you transferred to Michigan State, your points per game were cut in half. Pretty much every statistic went down. I think you were taking 13.5 shots a game at Valpo. You took 7.5 shots a game at, at Michigan State. Your field goal percentage went up. The question I have, and it maybe seems like an easy question, did you become a better basketball player in your experience moving to the to a higher level? I definitely did. Um, really, the reason why I picked Michigan State, I'm not sure if we talked about this before, was because you know after at that same time when I was able to make the decision what I was going to do. Um, uh, I was I had entered my name into the draft, so with getting the feedback from that, you know, that I heard that, you know, I needed to become tougher and work on my defense, you know. So my main focus and the the sole thing that sold me on Michigan State was just to, you know, go there and you know become a better defender and become tougher, you know, because that's what the pro scouts wanted to see. So uh, looking at it like that, you know, it couldn't have went better. You know, I become a became a much better defender, and you know, even though my shots went down and. <coughs> My points went down and stuff went down. You know, I still was a very big part, a major part to, you know, all the success that we had that year. And, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, that year couldn't have went, couldn't have went better for, for me in my situation. You know, obviously you had great teammates at Valpo. You played alongside Ryan Brokoff. You had Corey Johnson there. You had some really talented players. When you go to Michigan State, you're lining up with four guys that went to the NBA and Draymond Green, Keith Appling, Brandon Dawson, Adrian Payne, Derek Nix is there as well. Travis Trice is a freshman. The team was loaded. How much helpful, how much more helpful were the practices day in and day out to go against those guys every day? Man, those those practices were so intense. You know, it was you know, Coach Izzo and, you know, just the, the culture he's built there, you know, one thing, one of the biggest differences was just the atmosphere of the uh, the practices. You know, there's, first off, there's like 10 managers, you know, and then there's like five or six coaches and, you know, there's a lot of more people in the gym and, you know, everybody, you know, one thing that he stresses is just, you know, everybody being vocal, you know, so the practices were, you know, loud, you know, so they were like very up-tempo and intense, you know, and just going against those guys every day, uh, just, you know, it was, it was amazing. You know, those are great, great players that you mentioned. Uh, just their athleticism alone, you know, just being on the court with so many uh, athletic people just jumping. And, you know, it, it was it was a very talented group, you know, and I feel like that, you know, in my opinion, that's, you know, I would put that, that Michigan State team up against any Michigan State team or any team, period. So, you know, it was amazing getting to know those guys is, 
as not only players too, you know, just as, as young men coming in to, uh, uh, to college basketball because I was the older guy, you know, so I got to, you know, kind of put them under my wing off the court, you know, and build those relationships with them off the court. So, you know, it was a great experience just getting to know those guys and playing with those guys. One of the interesting things about your experience at Michigan State was you only had one year there. If Javon Freeman Liberty transfers to another school, he'll be able to go through two years ostensibly at, at a new school if he stays the whole time. You know, how? I guess how much How much do you think that will benefit a guy to be able to go through and, and, and grow with a team as opposed to coming in as kind of a one-year rental, so to speak? Oh, that's a that's a great opportunity for him, you know, to have two years. Uh, you know, I like I said, you know, my my one year, you know, I had to pick up a lot. You know, I had to learn so much in that one year. But you know, at that point, I was an experienced guy. You know, so it's pretty easy to pick up everything quick and you know have a starting spot the whole season and just play a big role. But um, you know, just thinking back and imagining if I had another year to go back to Michigan State, uh, you know, that would have been. I, yeah, that's, that's, I didn't even know that about his situation. So that's, you know, that makes his situation even better. You know, that's that's two years that he'll get to, you know, really showcase what he can do. You know, his his mission with this decision is to, you know, transfer up and have a bigger audience and, you know, make some bigger noise. So to have two years to do that, uh, that would have, yeah, that would have changed my my situation. That would have definitely added a lot to it. And that's that's great that he has that opportunity. You know, obviously, late in the year, you—I mean, you were—I mean, you played some of your best basketball late in the year against, you know, with Michigan State, including 21 points against Ohio State in the Big Ten tournament. There, I think you made the All-Conference uh, tournament team. Um, but it, you know, again, was did did you feel like part of your role there was to take guys like Brandon Dawson and Travis Trice under your wing as freshmen that year? Um, I mean, I wouldn't say it was that. Sad. Really, my role—it uh, was just something I kind of naturally did. Uh, I mean, obviously, with his own my experience and other coaches, you know, they would send the young guys my way. And uh, but I think at that point, you know, that was my fifth year, so it just kind of came naturally for me. Uh, like on the road road trips, I would room with Brandon Kearney, so he was one of the freshmen that I got to kind of mentor a lot and, and help him through his freshman year. So uh, yeah, that, that kind of just came natural. But you know, I knew that was part of my role. Uh, coming in, just just being, you know, being that guy, and I was that guy when I was at Valpo, so uh, it kind of just transitioned and, and set me up to, you know, help them guys succeed at Michigan State as well. Brandon Wood, you've got a unique perspective as being a player at Valpo that's transferred up, and you were successful at the next level, and obviously, uh, you know, you, you've always you've always paid attention to Valpo down the line too, and uh, and you know now that Valpo is trying to beat up on Southern Illinois in the Valley, I know you appreciate that as an old Southern Illinois guy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, where, 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 just a little bit briefly, again, it's been a couple of years. Where, where have you been playing at, and kind of where's basketball and life taken you in the last couple of years? Uh, in the last couple of years, I've I've played in four countries uh, since my year in the G League. I've been in Greece. Uh, I played in Morocco. I played in Mexico. Uh, now I've been in Argentina. So, I mean, I kind of just been traveling the world. My wife and I, we've, you know, our first five years in Europe, we kind of bounced from country to country. So we've kind of. You know, that's kind of our lifestyle, and we're just soaking in the world and, you know, just using, trying to use our story more and more now to uh, begin educating and inspiring people more, you know, kids to adults, you know, just now it's time to just take what I've accomplished and what we've accomplished and experienced and, you know, just trying to try to change some lives and uh, just give back, you know, what the game's given us. So uh, I'm still, I'm just really just entering my prime, you know, my body's still getting stronger. I'm continue to get better year by year, you know, so... Uh, I'm just going with the journey and continue to work on my game, work on myself as a man. And, you know, I, I have a lot of basketball ahead of me. So, you know, I'm, I'm still working to, to reach my ultimate goal. So uh, that's that's the NBA. And that's, you know, that's how I always prepare like that. And, uh, you know, I'm, I feel good where I'm at. You know, I'm entering my prime and, you know, just looking forward to the TBT tournament this summer. Uh, me and Homer are playing. To, uh, we got a team in the tournament. So I'm looking forward to that and just seeing what, what comes next, next season. Who's Who's on your team in the TBT this summer? Uh, it'll be a team based with uh, like a Baylor-based team, so it'll be uh, about six Baylor players, uh, about three or four other players from different schools. So yeah, we'll be uh, announcing that team soon. So definitely looking forward to you know to that with Homer, spending that time with him. Uh, we've gotten closer a lot, a lot closer. You know, we've always been close and talked uh, throughout the years, but over the last couple few months, we've pretty much been talking every other day, every couple of days. So that's been good just to, you know, kind of catch back up with him and, 
uh, you know, him and Bryce, they're moving out to, you know, to Arizona, right where we live and where all my family lives. So, uh, you know, looking forward to that. Absolutely. Great stuff. Brandon Wood, thank you very much for taking the time to chat with me. And obviously, we're always, uh, always following and paying attention to what's going on. Thank you very much. Yeah, no problem. Thank you, Paul. Thrilled to be joined now by former Valparaiso basketball player and the newest member of Green Sports Management, Bakari Evelyn. How you doing? Hey, hey, thanks, Theo. I'm doing good, man. How you doing? Good, man. Good, good. Excellent to have you here. Uh, how are you holding up with COVID-19, with the coronavirus? What? How? How is? Uh, are you good? Family good? Yeah, I'm doing good. Family is good. Everybody's safe and healthy, thankfully. Um, but we just all trying to um, get through these tough times and, and figure out different ways to stay active, stay motivated, stay engaged. But, yeah, we're all safe. Everything's good. So you're hanging out in Nebraska right now, right? Um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm in Nebraska, actually, right now. What uh, kind of is this? Are you training? Kind of what? What has life been like for you since the season ended? Um, since the season ended, um, it's kind of been kind of been crazy, of course, with the, with everything going on with the with the virus. But um, now I'm just out in um, Nebraska working out a little bit. Um, the gym that I'm able to get into, have access to um, with, with with a trainer, and just. Make sure I'm still getting some work in during these times. But outside of that, just um, staying safe, quarantining, you know, being dialed into you know my phone like everybody else. So I want to get into Valpo in a little bit, but I want to talk about Iowa for a second. First of all, congrats on the great year. Uh, you know, the Hawkeyes did well. You guys seem to be picking it up there toward the end of the season. You're playing with the National Player of the Year and Luca Garza, in my opinion. Um, kind of, what was the whole experience like this season? Uh, it was amazing. Um, it was amazing. Um, just, just like you said, um, for us to have a, this, uh, the season that we did and, and for me and myself to get to play with a player, you know, and like you said, Luca Garns, who had, you know, arguably one of the best years in, you know, in the recent Big Ten history, especially for big men. Um, you know, it was, it was, it was great to be a part of that. Um, sad that the run got cut short, you know, just due to the virus and everything with the season being cut short. Um, but, um, you know, I love playing for the Hawkeyes, for the Hawkeyes and, um, you know, it was, it was a great year. What was it like to find out? Were you, were you in Indianapolis with, for the Big Ten tournament? Kind of how did you find out that you guys were done? Yeah, we were actually, we had just actually got out of film. We were playing, I think, um, the game before us was Michigan Rutgers. So we actually were just got out of film in preparation for our game that day. And as we were really going upstairs to get changed, to get headed to the bus, um, everyone got a text saying, come right back down to the film room. And then, you know, they, they kind of broke it to us right then and there. Uh, so we found out probably like an hour and a half before our game even started. So it was, it was very abrupt. So it's an interesting discussion. And, and you tweeted something pretty shortly thereafter about, you know, there's this talk about will seniors get another year of eligibility? Obviously, baseball, softball, track and field, those sports had most of their season cut short. You know, a lot of teams were done playing already. But, I mean, you went to Iowa for the chance to win a Big Ten title and for a chance to go to the NCAA tournament, and that got cut short Kind of was there anger or bitterness there? Did did you want another go at it? Kind of how do you take that whole experience being cut short like that? I think every emotion possible, you know, kind of describes what I felt. Like I went through every every emotion. I was sad, angry, like you know, heartbroken, all all in one. Uh, as I think anybody would, just with just a chance to be in, you know, going to the NCAA tournament finally. And actually, you know, having a chance to have a pretty good run in it with, with the team that we have, you know, you did, you would have liked to see it play out, see what you, what you could have achieved. But, um, you know, I guess that's something that a lot of people have. You know, a lot of people have because it happened to everybody. So it's kind of how life is right now. So in interest of full disclosure for the people that are listening, you know, you and I have been trying to connect here for the last uh, week or two. Um, you're not on the podcast today simply because of the Javon Freeman Liberty news. But now that the Javon stuff is out and this has happened, I think it's interesting to have you on and, and talk about that a little bit as someone who has transferred away from Valpo and transferred to a higher level, which it appears that Javon will have the opportunity 
to transfer up, right? To go to an Illinois, maybe, or a Northwestern or DePaul or something like that. And, and who knows at this point, it's early in the process. Marquette reached out to him today, from what I understand. BYU, Marquette, excuse me, Oregon, a lot of schools. What what advice, and maybe you've given advice, maybe, I, I imagine you guys are still close. What advice do you give to a guy like Javon who's going to go through this process now after you've gone through this process, both going from a high major to a mid-major and then back to a high major again? Um, yeah, I would just say um, just when you're taking that next step, uh, just be ready for everything that comes with it. You know, um, every night you're playing, you know, pro, you know, first-rounders, pro prospects, you know, maybe future all-stars and in, in, in whatever conference you're in. Um, every night is a war and a grind. And just the intensity and the pressure of everything's amplified, you know, just with, you know, arenas being bigger, games being bigger stages. And um, I think he's ready for it and prepared for it mentally. But it's just, you know, being able to put on your big boy pants now and just, you know, know you got to go to war every single night. And, you know, everybody's watching. And it's just the other thing, too. So, um a lot, a lot of athletes go through different things mentally and just making sure, you know, you have a good core foundation with your family, friends, close ones, to make sure that you can help you, you know, deal with the pressures and everything that happens. So, but I think Jamal's ready for it all. I'm excited for him to see where he goes. Um, you know, JV was, you know, one of my favorite teammates. And, you know, I definitely still kept in touch and looked back this season. He had a lot of good games. So, um you know, I think I think all his hard work is that, it, is that he's put in the show, um, all the hard work he's put in is allowing him to show. You know, it's his true skill set. So I'm happy for him. I want to ask this question, and I, and I don't want it to sound probably the way it's going to sound, but um, when you look at mid-major players transferring to high major, their numbers are almost always depreciated, right? You went from 28 minutes a game at Valpo to 18 minutes a game. You went from eight points to three points. You went from, I mean, almost every number went down. Now your wins went up, obviously. There's no question about that. Um, Just how do you, uh, I mean, it's a sacrifice you're making when you go to the next level. Um, Just was there a role that you've got to kind of find and adapt to when you go from maybe being a big fish in a small pond to a small fish in a big pond? I think it's different from I think it's different for every person. Um, I I can't I can't I don't think it's fair just to look at, you know, any one person's example, you know, whether it's mine or um there's, there's been people who've had a lot of good success, you know, transferring from mid major to high major. Um, and their numbers actually improved and all went up. I think, you know, in my situation there was different things going on that, you know, I had to deal with personally in my life, you know, to help me grow as a person and a man, you know whether it's anxiety or depression and things like that that everyone deals with. Um, and I think once I figured that out, you know, things turned around for me. Uh, and I think Javon is, is such a talent that he can make that jump and possibly have the same number. You know, I don't think, I don't know, you know, it's different for each person. Some people have to accept lesser role, and that's, and that's for the greater and the betterment of the team. Uh, but there are some people who are very talented, you know, and, and able to, you know, continue to have that same success. At the higher, at the next level, um, and, and I think Javon is, is easily capable of doing that. So, um, but I, it does. It just all depends on you know where he goes and, and the situation they have with their team, and and what he talked about with their coaches staff and what he wants for his career. Um, but I think you know he, he can do whatever he wants right now. I'm going to ask you another another tough one, but what I've appreciated about you over the years that we've known each other is is you don't shy away from them. Your last year at Valpo, you guys had a lot of talent on that team. Why didn't it work? Definitely, yeah, we did. We did. I mean, you know, like, like, why, why did it not? Kind of. I mean, I think you guys were ninth place in the valley. You guys. I mean, obviously, you had some. You, you won four in a row there to start the conference season. It was, it was working good, and then things kind of went off the rails a little bit. Kind of was, was there, a, was there a moment when things? just went haywire with that season or kind of just how, how do you look back on, on your junior year? Um, yeah, that is a good one. Um, <laughs> yeah, that is a good one. See, um, <laughs> how I look back on my junior year was, um, I, I definitely would say we underachieved. 
and 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 with the talent and and the people, the roster that we had, uh, you know, me coming off of the year I had my sophomore year, us getting Javon, the player that he is, us acquiring, you know, um, Dion, you know, and what he was able to bring to the table, Ryan, you know, being able to play finally, like we had a lot of a lot of great pieces of being added on to. We brought back um, to just a foundational year, our first year in the valley. Um, and we showed at the beginning that we could have, you know, well, it's when I think it was four or five straight starting off at the top of the conference that we, that we were able and capable of playing and, you know, winning with anybody. But I think we definitely underachieved. The reasons for it, I, I, I don't know. I think I think it was a, a, a culmination of things. I, think, I don't think you could pinpoint it to any one reason, but um, I'm sure it's something everybody would love to have back. But, you know, it's life. It's part of life. It's part of growing and, you know, just maturing as a person and as a player. So, you know, it, um, all, it all comes with it. Obviously, you were playing this year, and I'm sure your head was in the Big Ten and what you were doing. But, I'm, again, I know you're close with these guys. Malik would tell us throughout the year that he'd stay in contact with you guys. You know, Valpo had a, another kind of a crazy season. You know, they would routinely fall down by 15 points and then come back from it. Uh, but then they made the run in Arch Madness. They got to the title game of the conference tournament. Did, did you pay attention to any of those games? Kind of what... Uh, how did you feel seeing, you know, Javon break out this year, Malik have an excellent season, and, and the team kind of do well this year? Oh, yeah, I definitely follow. I definitely follow when I could. Um, and and being that um, we didn't get a lot of uh, Power Fives didn't really get to have their tournament, you guys at the Valley Tournament things a week earlier, um, we all we were able to watch all those games for the tournament. So I was able to see, you know, um, how everyone, you know, finished and how well the guys were playing at the end of the season. But, yeah, I was I was super happy for Javon, Lee, Daniel, all those guys that, you know, they all worked so hard. So it's, it's, I'm super happy to see that all that hard work, you know, really pay off. You know, for Lee to really grow and develop, it was really it was really good, you know, to see him take that stuff forward like he did this year. Um, and then JV to break out, you know, I kind of seen that come. I think we all kind of seen that coming, coming off his freshman year. Um, so no, I, I was, it was good to see. It was good to see for everybody. I was really happy, and a lot of the young dudes too. I like I like Donovan. You know, I like some of the young dudes on the team this year too, um, what they brought. So nah, it was, it was it was fun to watch. I was happy for the team for everybody this year. You uh, you played against Jay Soroya, I think, right? Or was he was he still with Cincinnati when you guys played against him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played against Jay. I played against Jay. What was what was that like? Uh, what was that like going up against Jay? Uh, that was crazy. That was crazy. Um, really because that was also like my, my, my personal first breakout game of the year, um, going against them. So it was kind of, it was kind of weird to have that back and forth with him. Um, and we, we saw each other before the game and was able to talk a little bit after, um, and just catch up about, you know, how he's doing, how's his family, you know, of course, talk about, like you said, the season and what could have been, but, um, no, that was, that was definitely fun to go up and play against Jack. What's next for you here? As uh, I mean, are, are you looking uh, what what overseas? What here in the U.S.? What what level? Where are you looking at right now? Uh, well, me and my agent, um, me and my agent are planning on um, entering the draft um, and 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 seeing you know what what that process looks like for me and what teams look like and have interest and and and. You know, am I able to get a summer league and you know get yeah. training camp and you know and go and make the NBA roster? Um, and then it's not, of course, you know overseas. Um, we've, we've already had interest in teams, so um, that would still be, you know, of course, the option of two. So it's just whatever um, we feel is best. Like the NBA, of course, is my goal and where I plan to get to. So we're going to go through that process first, and then you know see where they chips fall from there. It's obviously a pretty crazy situation with not knowing when the draft is going to be, not knowing any of that stuff. And who knows if if American basketball will start up before European basketball starts up. So it's uh, it's it's kind of a crazy thing. Um, what uh, I guess I want to end with this, just kind of uh, looking back. Do you have a favorite Valpo memory at all uh, other than being interviewed on Union Street Hoops? Do you have a favorite uh, a favorite <laughs> game or moment or memory or anything that you take with you from your time at Valpo? Favorite memory moment? Um, there's a couple of them. Um, I got I got a couple like different defining moments that were that were just big and as far as the year and the season. Um, you know, 
for the team. I think some guys, they would listen, they'd probably be with tougher disease, too. I think my sophomore year, I would say, um, the tournament we were in down in Savannah. Yeah. Um, the preseason tournament there. And then I would even say, and it sounds weird, but I would say um, losing to Loyola at home. Um, I think that's what, because I think after that we were able to go back on a little spurt when it's strict to end to end conference. But we had that game. You know, we should have won that game. But just knowing, you know, we were able to show that, I think that day that we were, you know, capable of playing with everybody in the league. And that gave us confidence going forward. So you, you take you take you take you take things from wins and losses. So I would say that's that's a win, that's a loss that both were two, you know, memorable moments for me. And then I also think about that George Washington game at George Washington when you dropped twenty seven points, Fazekas had twenty two, and it looked like I think both of you guys had six three pointers and it looked like that day Man, and Javon had maybe one of his first breakout games. I was like, man, this team's going to, you know, there's something here. So um, that, was, that, was, that was definitely one from, from our junior year as well. That was definitely a great game for everybody. That was, that was a fun day. Um, I, think, I think Illinois State was a, was, a, was a big one last year too, even, you know, Javon's breakout day. Um, yeah, at Illinois State when he had uh, 27 points, I think, in the uh, – that first half when he scored twenty again, one of the uh, one of the fun fun games from that year. Yeah, 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 definitely. Dion, Dion, even in West Virginia, we should we could have had that one at West Virginia. Dion had a great game that game. Marcus played great at UNLV too, magnificent dunks. So I think everyone had it was definitely memorable moments that everybody had from that year. Now that you bring it back, you know it's coming back to me right now. So uh, that was, I mean, it was a it was a roller coaster of a year, but it was a fun year, you know. I don't regret it. You know, you take everything with life. So, Bakari, best wishes, best of luck here. Stay healthy. Thanks for joining the podcast, and obviously uh, always going to be pulling for you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, P.O. Um, thank, you. thank you for having me on. Um, and I hope everybody can stay safe out there. hope you and your family stay safe out there and, you know, stay in touch. Stay in touch in the future.